Redefining success as progress at work requires a full evaluation and determination of how you view your cultural norms and practices at work. There's a changing landscape in business. No longer is it rigid or one-sided thinking. Your success at work is determined upon your ability to adjust, adapt, and change while embracing the notion of innovation and efficiency. Connie Steele is a human-centered future of work expert, author, business and marketing strategist, consulting business owner, and podcaster. Steele has more than 20 years of experience in every level of business. She's seen it all. Through her management consultancy, Flywheel Associates, she supports scale-up technology companies by building their growth story. Through brand development, content strategy, and strategic planning, she joined me this week to have a discussion about business diversification, growth, and inclusion and equity in business. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. I am so excited to be on this podcast. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, how did you tell me that your career in business has been centered around the why? And you tell me that businesses are no longer linear or rigid. So I'm wondering if you can tell me all about it because I know you have experiences on all levels of business. So I'm curious to start our, our conversation in that direction. Absolutely. So I think many of us have probably experienced that ourselves intuitively where in the past business was one where it felt very sequential. It felt very siloed. It felt very rigid. And in in a lot of environments, you know, it still may be in that way, but it is shifting because finally what we're seeing is that in order to be successful on a broader level scale, you have to be much more agile. As we know, you see a lot of these technology companies that had shown many organizations a fundamentally different way of working. So when Google had started launching products faster and faster, things were in this beta state, so to speak, right? And so what you have seen is that to be first to market, to take advantage of new white space opportunities, putting something out there, iterating, adapting, learning from that information is becoming more and more critical because there's that realization that you may not always know to plan everything out, 
to be so specific in that to try to kind of get that big bang first and foremost is not necessarily realistic. But if you're able to, to be much more agile and adaptive, and the way that you operate, you're going to be able to find that product market fit much faster. And then find obviously that fit with that audience such that you're going to create that traction. Now, it's not just in the business processes that we're fundamentally seeing that, but we're also seeing that in the way people want to fundamentally work. And specifically, you know, when you think about what work is like today versus 10 years ago versus 20 years ago, you know, when I had started my career, what it used to be much more prescriptive. It was much more almost like industrial line, industrial sort of way of working, right? So it's like one piece to another piece to another piece. But that's just changed where it's so much more collaborative now. We're not operating in a world anymore where your teams are all local or even regional or even national. We're now working on much more of a global scale. So when you have those dynamics in terms of your teams, you have technology also that is uh, so critical to helping us facilitate these processes. Inevitably, things are so much more um, fluid, fundamentally. And finding that right traction is just fundamentally different than what it was before. The practice of combining skills, roles, and experiences to present your best self at work is something that still refers to as the career mashup, and she says it can lead to sustainable success in business. Absolutely. So why don't we start off where I even came up or understood that that career mashup, which is that combination of skills, experiences, roles, interests, hobbies, really do come together to enable somebody to reflect their multifaceted and multidimensional self is that when I started uh, personally my own podcast and interviewed people, I was finally noticing a different way that people were operating and working. It wasn't that linear sequential career growth and development model, that upward movement to achieve some more sort of narrow goals that many uh, of us did follow, which was that sort of money, title, and power. It, that was shifting. People were taking this very non-linear route and testing and learning themselves because there is this shift in mindset where folks always wanted to constantly talent stack. It wasn't that they want to take one very narrow path, but people realize that they have these breadth of interest. So this desire to maybe try one area of maybe design and see how that is and say, oh, you know what? I like that. I've mastered that. Or maybe, you know, it's not the right fit. I now want to try something else. Maybe I'm going to try marketing for that matter. Um, I'm going to test that over there and see how does that fit. And then maybe that's not quite it, or maybe I do love it, but I want to learn more. But it is this constant desire to build and build and build. It's never I'm one and done and I keep on building narrowly with depth. It's that I want to stack and actually build across in addition to having that depth because we all are not just one thing. We all have multifaceted interests. We all are just, again, these multidimensional people. And so there's this desire to want to showcase all that because we know that when we can bring all of that together, 
it really could showcase these incredible talents that we have. But the other piece is that we naturally don't want to also just make this an or situation. We see this convergence of having and. And when we can, we're much more creative. We can develop in a different way. We can really provide this level of insight and knowledge and strategic thinking because we will look at things more broadly because of these broad experiences that we have. So when I think about you know what you've done, right? That you are a journalist, but you're also a podcaster, you're a speaker. You've gone broad because you realize there's these interests that you have, but you also have a talent for that. And when you can give your chance itself, yourself to explore, um, sometimes you don't even know what amazing things and what value you can provide. So what I was just seeing is that people just didn't want to be confined anymore. They really wanted to be able to express and showcase this range of talent. And that's where the Kimura mashup came up from. And, and also the other thing, even if you notice on LinkedIn, where years ago, I was probably one of the very early people on the platform, folks just put that one title. Folks were just saying, well, I am just this. I am the manager of X or executive of Y or what have you. But now what you're seeing is people showcasing everything that they're doing because of the fact that one, again, it gets back to needing to showcase that you're really this um, amazing set of talent. But another piece too, that's also critical is that folks are creating this career mashup because it's also to hedge against risk. Let's face it, many people have acknowledged the fact that, you know, having that one career is not something that will create stability, also fulfillment. Because look, we have multiple goals. And so we've seen this trend in people creating side hustles or creating that portfolio career for that matter, because they see the uh, not only potentially uh, financial benefit to mitigate risk, because now they have uh, parallel streams of income that can help them. But it also fulfills something in terms of their desire to try different things, of which maybe they could pivot into that being their full-time uh, uh, profession. But it's this, again, desire to not necessarily be boxed in and to pursue uh, various goals such that they can feel fulfilled and happy at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And to that point, too. You know, Colin, this could be a result of the pandemic, but, you know, the Wall Street Journal recently uh, published an article saying that uh, people are leaving their jobs in drones to start their own businesses and become their own CEO, probably because they have the time to do it in lockdown. But I'm curious to get your thoughts on that trend of people starting their own businesses. How do you think... Uh, uh, corporate executives can entice other uh, their workers to stay in the jobs that they have rather than uh, starting their own business. I'm curious. So, uh, so that's a two-parter. So let me start for the first, <laughs> which is um, that trend uh, towards people wanting to be their own CEO. That actually was happening before the pandemic. This desire to have control and flexibility uh, and to sort of explore different paths was something that I was already seeing. So one thing I think is really important for your listeners to um, have context of and why I'm also so passionate about really talking about the future of work and, and 
enlightening folks of understanding that's from a human-centered perspective is that when you look at the composition of the workforce, um, you really have four generations in the workforce today, the largest of which are millennials. The oldest is 40. And when you think about that, if the oldest millennial is 40, they have grown up as digital natives. You also have Gen Zs right behind them and millennials and Gen Zs combined are uh, larger than the two other ones. As digital natives, they have a fundamentally different way in terms of their attitudes, motivations, beliefs, and operations towards work because technology has been part of their lives ever since. And they've seen ways to streamline uh, approaches, but technology has created a different level of optionality for them. So again, if the oldest uh, millennial is 40 or 41, depending on you know what, what data you look at, but in 10 years, they are going to be running all major organizations. There's going to be a seismic shift in how people approach work because they've seen and have inherently known that where they work doesn't have to be a fixed place. It can be from anywhere because technology enables you to do that. They have this focus on being better and doing better and having an impact in the world. And so there has been also this inherent understanding um, of side hustling because during the time of that recession, when many millennials were coming out of work, they had done everything right, so to speak, and had followed that uh, model of, you know, go to get good grades, go to school, and that should kind of lead me to the right career, but that didn't necessarily happen. So they had to figure out a fundamentally different way of working to begin with. So they've known uh, a, a different mode of operation, so to speak, and I've seen it for some time. And what the pandemic did was just accelerated even more. I mean, there had been several companies that have been starting fully remote. I've been in technology, so I've seen it. Uh, but folks might not have felt ready and had quite the courage because nobody feels comfortable with change, right? To make that big leap of faith is difficult. But with the pandemic and you're facing uh, really this situation where, am I happy? Is this truly what I want to be doing? The pandemic could you know, create situations where I might not have a tomorrow. It really causes you to look at what is best for me. And it's not that they might not have thought about it, but being in this situation makes you really uh, sort of come to grips with, all right, I really need to think about what's best for, for me going forward. So all of that, I think is sort of that perfect storm to say, all right, I think it's now time for me to take that risk. I need to focus on what's best for me. And to be that CEO of you is now so important because we're now product and services on the web, whether we like it or not. That's kind of the fundamental truth. And LinkedIn essentially is that Amazon for professionals. So building your brand is critical. Uh, with constant change, you now have to go with a flow to adapt. The other piece is that we're always in a constant beta state to be our best selves. And so this desire to, again, create that level of control, flexibility, stability for ourselves, because we know it's not necessarily guaranteed in a company, is why many people are realizing, you know what, let's, let's move towards this direction. Uh, the other piece to your question of how can CEOs uh, keep that talent? What does it take? Well, so much of this is 
really creating that necessary alignment between the goals and objectives of the company and how does that align to the goals and objectives of the employees that you have. They want to feel that there's a mutual value exchange. You know, the shift in power, as you've noticed, has gone to the employee, the individuals, because they're realizing, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. And so to draw on that passion and that interest of employees, they need to feel like there's an investment in them. And so understanding what they need and helping them develop their career plan such that it aligns to what your company also is looking to do is where you're going to find that great marriage. But if it's all one directional and say, you know what, your job is to do X, Y, and Z strictly for the benefit of the company, you're going to have a challenging time uh, to draw upon amazing talent because they want to have a shared purpose. They want to even be able to address their why too. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you created the uh, career framework, which is a fluid system that you say is career proof. So tell me all about it. I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath, I promise. <laughs> well, you know, where this came from, this fluid career system is truly just about strategically planning for yourself. So knowing that you now have to be the CEO of you, uh, what do CEOs do for their companies? Or, or what does anyone in uh, different positions in an organization do? They have to do strategic planning to make the company successful. And what I had noticed with many of the people that I interviewed for the book and even just uh, spoke to too that have found the right sort of fit for them is that without even knowing it, they were setting their own strategic plans. It's the thing is, many of us are not even taught what strategic planning is in school or a lot of times in work if you haven't worked in a business capacity. But that is just so critical for all of us today. I see that as being a critical skill just as much as communication is, problem solving. You know, we hear about that. Um, but what does this fluid career system involve? It's really five parts. And it's really about you know analysis, plan, and execution. But the first is called spotting the trends. What that means is doing the necessary research and analysis on the market, the competition yourself. Uh, think about it as that. It's that SWOT analysis that you need to do to identify those white space opportunities for yourself. And you also need to do that self-analysis to say, hmm, what are the environments that fit me best? What are the roles that fit me best? What's the value that I know that I can deliver? And align that to the industries and the companies, or maybe it's you starting your own business, that really seem to fit. Then the next uh, component is called creating your compass. That is specifically creating that strategic plan, those goals, objectives, strategies, and tactics to map out specifically where you want to go. And goal setting is hard. You know, not a lot of us plan for other initiatives or our families, but a lot of times we just don't take the time for ourselves. So that that is so necessary to do because once you have that insight and information, you have to put that into the plan. So once you have an initial plan formulated, then the third component is called preparing for change. What that is all about is pushing past your fear 
of failure because of this level of discomfort and doing something completely different and out of your comfort zone. Many times you get so excited to do something new, but then all of a sudden we might kind of run against this sort of barrier. Uh, we, we feel this inertia because oftentimes we are afraid that we're not going to succeed. We get in our own heads. We catastrophize the situation and think that, oh, people won't believe that I can do this, or I don't believe I could do this. How could I possibly accomplish this? We have this imposter syndrome situation. So what's so important is to help you understand, is this an emotional side? Is this emotional or is this truly rational? And help you push past it so you can build that confidence as necessary. The next component is networking. We all know that building the necessary village is so important, but a lot of us haven't been taught to network, aren't really sure how to do that. But to help you achieve that plan that you set, you need to be able to articulate that to people who are aligned with where you want to go. So that's that piece. And the last is building your skills, which I think a lot of us default to doing initially. It's like, oh, well, if I want to move here, let's just focus on the skills. That's a component of it, but let's make sure you understand which skills to build. It's not the hard, just the hard skills, which is by default where many of us go. Well, let's get the certification. Let's get this degree. Um, let's focus on this very specific course that we could do to master it. But if you look at what uh, HR leaders are saying um, or hiring managers saying, those soft skills are so critically important in today's new world of work, particularly emotional intelligence. We need to know how to read people. Everyone wants to feel a sense of connection. We know that when we are able to build those valuable relationships with others, that is huge It in our ability to move forward in the direction that we want to move into. But a lot of us are never taught that. So that's uh, one of the key components that is emphasized within the book and in particular that, that uh, last component. So these five parts, while they are taught and communicated sequentially, the reality is that they are also a iterative, dynamic and integrated system. Because once you have your plan that's at the center, that plan's always iterating. But spying the trends, the networking, skill development, all the information you get will always feed into your plan. And they yeah. also feed into each other. Yeah, absolutely. I always tell myself that life is a constant game of networking. You know, one of someone asked me the other day why I'm, I'm so positive and li living with a disability. And I told them that life is always for me a constant game of learning because it's in my view the day you stop learning is the, the day you die Connie so I'm always going to be a lifelong learner and I always tell myself that life is a constant game of networking right yes yes absolutely and that mindset that you have that growth mindset to always want to acquire new knowledge inevitably helps you grow in different ways that you might not even known because everyone has this amazing latent potential, but you don't always know where, where it could be best applied. And so if you have that mindset of exploring and being on this journey versus a fixed destination to learn more, build more, inevitably, the ironic thing is it all converges into something incredibly powerful. Uh, that you may not know quite yet. And so when it does converge, because inevitably it 
does, you're going to realize something really special in yourself and be able to apply that to different areas that you wouldn't have thought of before. And as we know, with the rate of change that's happening, there are going to be all these new opportunities that come to fruition in the next five years that we can't even anticipate yet. So that's why it's so important to be constantly on this journey to build this, you know, stack of skills that you have. Yeah, uh, you have mentioned it a couple of times. So tell me about uh, your best-selling book and the podcast that you host. I know uh, it's important uh, to you to educate people about the positive benefits of business and how to do it effectively. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Well, the book is actually related to a lot of what we just talked about. It focuses on why (laughs) we have all potentially felt a bit different about what we want to do in our lives, where this is coming from, from a very data-driven perspective. Because for me, it's it's a very personal thing because I've been on this lifelong journey to figure out what is it that I really want to do. There are moments where it felt that it fit right. There are moments where I felt like I was able to progress in the way that I wanted, but there are other moments where I felt really stuck. And I think so many of us are going through this. And I certainly saw in particular with up and coming leaders that they were feeling very much the same way. And they were searching for clarity on what may be happening with them and, and sort of this, you know, zigzagging that they were taking throughout the year and what that could lead to. And so fundamentally, I wanted to understand why. And that led to this thesis of being able to explain why we've been feeling what we've been feeling, why we don't want to stay sort of fixed in one area, why we want to constantly grow and talent stack and build something that is somewhat unique to us and express who we are in every way, shape, or form. So the book is intended to provide that context, why we need to be the CEO of ourselves and finally explain that system to help people achieve that career matchup because of all these success stories of various people that I had a chance to interview and see how they did it and see those common themes. And so in the book, it's also a very specific guide on what to do in each of these components, because the, the challenge I think we always face is we may know the what, that, that we're struggling with something, but we're not always clear on the how. And folks want to have some roadmap of some sorts to guide them accordingly. So I wanted to provide that. But in addition, um, what was so important to me too, is that for those people who are leaders, how do they understand how to apply this same framework to helping employees in their company, what does that look like? So it's essentially, again, this human-centered perspective on the future of work, what it means for careers and what someone can do about it. Uh, And for the podcast, actually, that's where the book fundamentally came from. The idea for it came from that. And the podcast is really about um, helping to share the stories, tips, and advice from forward-thinking leaders, creators, entrepreneurs on what it took for them to redefine success as progress. How did they get unstuck? And that valuable perspective on how they were able to create that necessary traction. Because we're all trying to understand 
kind of that business of work. And the more we're able to get the relevant context of how various people did it and their kind of root journeys, the more we can contextualize it for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Kai, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but I'm, I'm curious to pinpoint on your, your key is your, what do you think steps need to do to better diversify businesses and your full uh, sort of opinion on diversity, equity, and inclusion? What does that look like for you? I'm curious. Diversity, equity, inclusion is not just diversification of, uh, you know, your identity, um, whether that is, uh, you know, whether it's race or gender or all the sort of facets that I think most people might sort of define from a demographic perspective. To me, diversity is truly diversity of thought and experience as well. I believe that for companies to be truly competitive in the future, when you have people from really varied experiences, because everyone brings a different lens to things and they will be able to solve a problem in their unique way. When you can harness the power of that, somebody that might've had you know, a background of say retail and technology and healthcare, which seems all over the board, when many companies may want somebody just strictly in healthcare, you realize that each of these industries all ultimately converge in some way. Life has become a hybridization of a lot of things. Work has become a hybridization of a lot of things. You could see it in, in food and in exercise, um, in stores and retail, but when you're able to pull from sort of these range of experiences you're going to be able to unleash a level of creativity and innovative thinking, um, problem solving, and a way that others that are much more deep and narrowly focused, um, in a way that those kind of companies where they're very narrow won't be able to kind of break through. Uh, we see that. It's just these really very... Uh, interesting perspectives and just a, a different way of approaching a problem. And also I would say generations as well is that those who are young can learn so much from those who are older and vice versa. So it's diversity of thought, diversity of experience, diversity of generations and so forth. And it's finding that right combination based on a shared purpose and the right culture where all perspectives, thoughts can be really valued. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of my final question for you is I'm curious whether at the final chapter of your book of life, both in business and uh, personally, how do you think you want your legacy to be remembered? Uh, fundamentally about bridging the gap between leaders and employees, companies and people, and, and most importantly, within oneself to help individuals specifically Create that traction and momentum so we can each reach our growth potential. Yeah, absolutely. And Tali, if the good people out there want to get connected with you, what's the best way they can accomplish that? Uh, I would say connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, so Connie W. Steele. You can also check out my website at ConnieWSteele.com or also connect with me on Instagram at Connie Wang Steele.
Fantastic. Well, Connie, I have to tell you, I've been looking forward to this conversation all week, and I feel, feel smarter for having it. So I want to thank you for having a conversation with me about business diversification. You work in this space, and time on my behalf is most appreciated, and I want to thank you for being here this morning. It's most appreciated. Oh, well, no, thank you. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to you know, share uh, my perspectives and, and you're clearly just as passionate about I am and creating a more inclusive world.